Welcome to Daystar. My name's Alan, and we are so glad that you've come to worship with us this morning. And I want to take a minute just to welcome all of our campuses today, all of you at our downtown campus, our New Garden campus, our Northern Guilford campus, and all of you that have joined us online. Thanks for being a part of our service. And today is a very exciting service. It's Baptism Sunday. Man, and we are so excited, and we're so glad that you're here. And, and I know at every location, we have a lot of guests this morning, friends and family, coworkers, people that are of people that are being baptized. And I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you accepting their invitation to come today because this is a huge step in their spiritual journey, and, and they really wanted you to be here to be a part of it. And so thank you for coming, and we hope that you have a great experience today. You know, before we jump into our message this morning, I hope you realize we have a brand new album coming out. Daystar Worship just produced our first album. It is a Christmas album, and you're going to want to get you a copy. And so here are a couple things you need to to know the pre-order date is November 5th. So in just a couple of days, you'll be able to go to iTunes and order this. And when you do, you'll get a couple of the songs right away until your CD comes. So you don't want to miss it. We need to all go. In fact, this would be a great Christmas present. I'm going to go online and buy a bunch to give out to a bunch of friends and family. And I encourage you to do the same thing. And plus, that'll help us promote the album here and around the world. We're really hoping that this album goes worldwide. And uh, we're doing a lot of things to work on that. And so you can be a part of it. Now, you'll be able to buy the actual album at our Christmas concerts, but then you, you know, you won't be getting it until a little later in the season. So if you want to get it ahead so that you can be listening to it in your car as Christmas approaches, man, go online, November 5th, go ahead and get yours pre-ordered. And, and you can be watching Facebook and Twitter and all the different social media to get updates over the next couple of weeks. But let me just encourage you, man, let's all buy several of these albums, give them to our friends. It'll be a great way really to encourage them to worship God. The name of the album is King of Glory, and, and we're hoping that this isn't just Christmas music, that it helps people to see the glory of our King Jesus. So make sure you get one of those. Well, again, for all of you that are guests, thanks for accepting the invitation to be here today. And I want to take a few minutes before we start our baptism to talk about another invitation that's being offered to all of us by King Jesus. If you have your Bibles, open to Luke chapter 15, and I want to read a story out of Luke 15, a parable that Jesus told about a king who offered all the people, everyone, an incredible invitation. Listen to this story. Beginning in verse 15, it says, hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Now that's the truth, right? What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. And in response to that, Jesus began telling this parable. Here's what he said. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. And when the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell all the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began to make excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. 
Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I now have a wife, so I can't come. Well, the servant returned and told his master what they said, and his master was furious. And he said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town. Invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And after the servant had done this, he reported to the master, there is still more room. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge everyone you find to come so that my house will be full. God wants his house to be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. In this story, Jesus is comparing salvation to a great banquet thrown by a great king. And he sends out invitations to invite everyone to come. And I want us to notice three simple things about his invitation. The first one is, is it was a generous invitation. Everything's prepared, everyone's been invited, and everything is free. Now, if, if this represents salvation, that almost seems too good to be true, right? That everything is prepared for you, you've been invited, everyone's invited, and everything is free. But the truth is, salvation is just that good. First of all, everything's been prepared. Jesus in John 14, right before he was arrested and crucified, Jesus said to his disciples, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Jesus has prepared everything. And listen, everyone has been invited. And some of you might be saying, well, Alan, you don't understand. You don't know me. You don't know my past. In fact, I've spent my life rejecting the idea of God altogether. I've never been to a church. I've hurt a lot of people. And in your mind, there's a lot of reasons why God would never extend such an invitation to you. But it's clear from this story, everyone, even you, even me, everyone's been invited. In fact, this room is full of people with a past who still have received an invitation. The third thing is that everyone, everything is free. How many of you enjoy going to a wedding? I love going to a wedding. Tina and I, we love weddings. We go to as many as we can. We, we get a lot of invitations because, you know, we pastor a church with so many young couples. So we get invited to a lot of them and we enjoy them. You know why? Because when I show up at that wedding, everything's prepared. I got an invitation and it's all free. What a great party, right? I mean, it's like free date night. We love it. But you know, sometimes when I'm at those parties and I'm looking around, I find myself wondering, I wonder what all this costs. You know why? Because I have two girls. And when I'm at that wedding, it's free for me. But I know one day I'm going to show up at the wedding and it's not going to be free at all. It's going to have cost me a great deal because I'm the father of the bride, right? You know, the same thing is true in this story. God has offered us this incredibly generous invitation. Everything's prepared. Everyone's invited. And it's free to me. And it's free to you. But it costs God dearly. He paid the ultimate price 
so that we could receive an invitation to this banquet. And the price was the life of his one and only son. See, the Bible says about all of us that we were born in sin, born separated from God. This is why all of us, by nature, are independent and a little rebellious. And God understood that. And God knew that no matter what we do, we really cannot erase the sin of our past. The truth is, we can't keep from sinning some in our future. And God knew that, and so he sent his son Jesus to erase the sin of our past, to bridge the gap between us and God, to make a way for me and for you to have a personal relationship with God. Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sin and your sin. He died on the cross to bridge the gap. He died on the cross to extend an invitation to you to begin a relationship with God. And for some of you, you've never done that. And at the end of our service, in just a few minutes, I'm going to give you an opportunity to open your heart and to trust in Christ, to receive His generous invitation. So the first thing I want you to just recognize is that it was very generous. Everything's prepared. Everyone's invited. You're invited. And everything is free. Here's the second thing to notice is that it was an urgent invitation. Once the invitations went out, the excuses began to come in. Have you ever invited someone to church or, or invited them to, to try out Jesus and, and they began to make excuses? Well, apparently that was true in Jesus' day too. And, and when the invitation was given, people began making excuses. One guy said, I just bought a field. I want to inspect it. Another guy said, well, I've just bought five head of oxen. I want to try them out. Another guy said, I've just gotten married. The excuses seem a little silly, but I, I want you to recognize three things about these excuses. The first one is that for these people, they seemed very reasonable. Land, the oxen, the marriage. I mean, they seem like very reasonable excuses. But I think we have to keep in mind also that they weren't an outright rejection. And that's so important. I mean, the people didn't say, I'm not interested in your dumb banquet. I can't stand that king. I'm never going to the banquet. They didn't say that, right? And probably when you invite people to church or, or tell people about what Jesus is doing in your life and invite them to, to trust in him, chances are people, people don't generally say, well, you know what? I hate God. I don't want to hear another word about your dumb God and your dumb church. If you ever say that to me, you know, that's not really how people respond, right? They generally make some other more reasonable excuse that's not an outright rejection, but they were still unacceptable. In verse 21, it says, when the king heard their excuses, he was furious. And that raises an important question. Why would God get angry if a person doesn't accept their invitation? Well, put yourself in his shoes. Just imagine if your son or daughter was getting married and you paid a great price 
to throw a tremendous wedding celebration. And when everything was prepared, you sent out invitations to all the people that you know and love, your family and your neighbors and your coworkers and your friends, the people that, that are closest to you, the people that have known your children since the day they were born. And you've invited them to come and they begin to send back excuses. And the excuses go kind of like this. Well, I, I just bought a piece of property. I want to go look at, and I can't come. I just bought a new car. I'm going to go drive it around and try it out for a little while, so I don't think I can come. I just got married, and, you know, I'm just not sure my wife really wants to hang out with my friends. I mean, these excuses seem kind of crazy. I mean, just imagine if you were to apply these same excuses to other areas of your life. For example, here are the top 10 reasons to not take a bath. Top 10 reasons to not take a bath. This might be helpful to all you kids in the room. Number one, I was forced to take baths as a child. I don't ever want to do that again, right? Number two, people who make soap, they're only after my money. (laughs) Number three, I bathe on special occasions like Christmas and Easter. Number four, those people that bathe, they're hypocrites. They think they're cleaner than everyone else. Number five. There are so many kinds of soap, I just can't decide which one's best. (laughs) Number six, I used to bathe, but it got boring, and well, so I stopped. Number seven, none of my friends bathe. (laughs) Number eight, the bathroom's never quite warm enough in the winter or cool enough in the summer. Number nine, I just can't spare the time. Number 10, I'll bathe when I get older and dirtier. (laughs) No wonder the master is angry, right? Listen, it's an act of love and generosity. He's prepared this incredible banquet. He's invited everyone to attend, and they're making the most ridiculous excuses. Here's the third thing I want you to notice. Not only was it a generous invitation, not only was it an urgent invitation, but third, it was a temporary invitation. When people rejected the generous invitation of this king, I want you to notice he didn't rush out into the street and try and convince them to come. He didn't force them to come. He didn't argue with them. He didn't manipulate them. You know what he did? He invited someone else. You know, every time you receive an invitation, it's temporary, right? If you receive an invitation to a wedding and you just kind of put it off, well, if you're not careful, the wedding comes and goes, and then the invitation is not any good. Every invitation is always temporary. Now, for some of you, you might feel like you've got a legitimate reason for not accepting God's invitation to have a relationship with him. For example, sometimes I've talked to people and they say, well, I'm afraid I can't live the Christian life, and so I've never decided to trust in Jesus. That's like saying, that's like saying, well, I want to wait until I learn to swim before I get into the water. Well, that's kind of ridiculous, right? You, you have to get into the water to learn to swim, and you have to trust Christ in order to learn to walk 
with him. And actually, that's what the church exists for. The church exists to help people learn how to follow Christ. So, man, if you're ready to do that, we're ready to do that with you. Secondly, some people say, well, there are so many hypocrites in the church. You know the truth is, of course there are hypocrites in the church. There are hypocrites everywhere. There are hypocrites in the church. There are hypocrites at your job and you still go. There's hypocrites in your neighborhood and you still live there. There's hypocrites in your classroom, but you attend most days of the week. There are hypocrites in your house. And you eat and sleep with them every day. You say, well, Alan, that's not very nice. Well, that's just because you don't understand the definition of a hypocrite. See, a hypocrite is simply anyone who does not live up to their own moral standard 100% of the time. So guess what? I'm guilty and you're guilty. The truth is none of us live up to our own moral standard. None of us live up to our own expectations 100% of the time. The truth is we're all hypocrites. And as one pastor I heard said, I'd rather sit in church between two hypocrites than spend eternity in hell full of hypocrites. The choice is ours. Hypocrites shouldn't keep us from Christ. Third, there are, sometimes people say there are things in my life I just, I just don't want to give up. That's kind of like saying, you know what? I went to the doctor today and I found out I had a cancerous tumor. And the doctor said, no, no need to worry. I can take care of it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to cut that tumor right out of there. But you said to the doctor, well, you know, I'm not sure I want you to do that. If, I've kind of grown attached to this tumor. Now, none of us would ever say that. We would say, cut it out. It's killing me. And the truth is, the only thing you stand to lose by trusting in Jesus is sin and the consequences of sin. And that stuff is killing you anyway. Jesus came to give you life, life abundantly. Sometimes people say, well, I've just got questions that still aren't answered. Well, let me just say this. Listen, I've been walking with God now for 20 years. I have two advanced seminary degrees, and I still have questions. And if you wait until all your questions get answered before accepting God's invitation to have a relationship with Him, unfortunately, you're going to miss the party. Listen, don't wait. Don't wait. The master did not accept any of their excuses. He was angry. In fact, he declared that not a single one of them would even taste his banquet. Man, don't miss it. A banquet's prepared. Everyone's invited. You're invited. And everything's free. So say yes. Accept God's invitation to have a relationship with him today. You know, years ago when Queen Elizabeth was crowned Queen of England, before that big ceremony, she sent invitations to a bunch of very important people all over the world, inviting them to come. It was a big event in England. And at the bottom of every invitation were these three words, all excuses ceasing. You know why? Because when royalty sends you an invitation, 
you come. And today, King Jesus is offering you a generous, urgent, and temporary invitation to open your heart and to trust in Him. Now really, that's what baptism is all about. Baptism is our opportunity to publicly declare, I've accepted my invitation. I have punched my ticket. I have given King Jesus my heart and life. That's what we're here to celebrate. But before that celebration, we want to give all of you that are here, if you've never accepted God's invitation to receive forgiveness from your sin, to receive eternal life, to receive hope and purpose. If you're ready to receive God's invitation into a relationship, we want to give you a chance to do that. Here's how it's going to go. In just a moment, I'm going to lead you through a simple prayer. It's not magic. It's not a formula. It's just a way. Prayer is just talking to God. This gives you a chance to verbally say to Jesus, Jesus, today I'm accepting your invitation. I'm inviting you into my life. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. And if you're ready to tell Jesus that, this is your moment. See, the Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So this gives us an opportunity to confess that, to say to Jesus, I want you to be my king. And so I'm going to lead you through a simple prayer. Now listen, it's not a trick. I'm not going to call you up to the front. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to give you a chance right there in your seat to open your heart and to trust in Jesus. And then after that, we're going to have a giant celebration to give everybody an opportunity who's trusted in Jesus, who's not had an opportunity to publicly declare so, we're going to give them a chance to do that this morning. So let's all bow our heads and close our eyes all over the room at every campus. And if you're ready today to accept God's invitation to have a relationship with Him right there in your seat, I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. Pray that prayer with me. You can pray it quietly. Here's how it goes. Dear Jesus... I want to receive your invitation today to begin a relationship with you. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for paying such a high price for my salvation. Today, I'm inviting you into my life. I'm trusting you as my Savior and Lord. I'm trusting you to help me learn to follow you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for being so generous. Thank you for this invitation in Jesus' name. Now, while your heads are bowed and eyes closed at every campus, listen, if you just prayed that prayer, here's what I'd like you to do. Right now, nobody's looking around. It's just me and you. But if you just prayed that prayer right there in your seat, I just want you to lift your hand up real high. You know what this is saying? This is saying, Jesus, I've accepted your invitation. Would you lift your hand right now real high at every campus? Every campus, I want you to lift your hand right now. Everybody got it up? All right, you can put them back down. Listen to me. This morning, we all have an opportunity. There are more than 60 people at all of our campuses who have signed up to be baptized. But today, some of you just raised your hand. Some of you have given your life to Christ, and this is your opportunity. You know what? He's offering another invitation. Listen carefully. Jesus in Matthew 28 said this. He said, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. The first step in my relationship with Christ is to be baptized, to publicly declare, 
I've placed my faith and trust in Christ. Listen, the story we just studied is most likely about a wedding feast. And you know what baptism is? Baptism is to our relationship with Christ what a wedding ceremony is to our spouse. And today, because you've accepted his invitation to begin a relationship with Christ, you need to be baptized. Now, some of you, you've come today to witness someone else's baptism. You didn't know it was going to be your baptism Sunday. Listen, we've got everything prepared. And man, this would be an incredible opportunity for you and the person that you came, that you love and you're here to support. Y'all can be baptized together. If you've given your life to Christ today, or if you've given your life to Christ, but you've never been baptized, or maybe you gave, maybe you were baptized as a kid, but then recently, in the last couple of years, you've given your life to Christ, you need to be rebaptized. Maybe you were sprinkled as a kid like me, but you've never been baptized by immersion. And that's what baptism is. It's a picture of our death and resurrection. And so you need to be rebaptized. Or maybe you've just given your heart to Christ today. If that's you, man, you need to be baptized. Here's what we're going to do. In just a moment, at every campus, we're going to all stand, and we're going to begin to worship. We're going to sing another song. And while we sing, all of you that have signed up for baptism, I'm going to encourage you, those of you at Northern, you'll just go out the back. Those of you at New Garden, you'll go out the back. All of you here at our downtown campus, you'll come forward right uh, towards the front of the stage and out the side doors. And if you're here today and you realize, man, I want to get baptized. And some of you say, well, Alan, gosh, I'd like to do that, but I got my best suit on. There's no way I can get in that tub with my suit on. Well, guess what? Everything's been prepared. We have clothes for you. We have undergarments for you. We have flip-flops for you. We have shorts and T-shirts. We have towels for you. Everything. We have changing rooms. Everything has been prepared so that today you could be baptized. So here's what we want to do. When we stand to worship, as soon as we do, if you have signed up, then you'll make your way to the right spot. And those of you that are here this morning, and you know that the Spirit of God is moving in your heart, and it's time for you to publicly declare your faith in Christ, then right then, step out of your aisle, Make follow all the others coming to be baptized. Just follow them, and we'll show you where to go to get changed. And you and the person that you came to celebrate with, man, y'all can get baptized together. This will be a day that you never forget because today you're going you're gonna to accept his invitation. You're going to stand up for Jesus, and you'll never be the same. I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to turn things over to our campus pastors at every campus. So let me pray for us, and then we're going to, man, enter this great celebration together. Let's pray. Father, God, I just thank you for the opportunity. Lord, so many people this morning who've opened their heart and trusted in Jesus. God, we thank you for that. And Lord, we pray that in the next few minutes as we celebrate baptism, that at every campus, Lord, that people would have the courage to stand up for Jesus, to publicly declare their faith in Him, and that this moment would strengthen and encourage their faith and our faith, Lord, as we do this together as a family. In Jesus' name, we pray. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and challenged to follow Jesus today. We are always encouraged when we hear how God is working in people's lives. 
So if you have a story to share, please email us at mystory@daystargso.com. If you would like to find out how you can get involved or support this ministry, you can visit our website, daystargso.com. We hope to have you back soon.